This week on the Music Biz Weekly Podcast, the truth behind why you aren't getting more streams. We talk about an article Jay was part of, written by Randall Foster, and we talk about why you've got low streaming numbers and what do you need to do about that? How do you solve the problem of low streaming numbers? Welcome to the Music Biz Weekly Podcast, founded in 2011 and with over 500 weekly episodes where Michael Brandvold and Jay Gilbert, two longtime music industry pros, discuss the very latest trends, tools, and tactics that you Build need. a stunning band website in minutes with Banzoogle. Go to Banzoogle.com to start your free 30-day trial and use the promo code MUSICBIZWEEKLY to get 15% off the first year of any subscription. On YouTube, follow and rate us on Spotify. Subscribe and leave a review on iTunes. We appreciate it. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Music Biz Weekly Podcast. You got Mike... You got Jay. Welcome back, Jay. You were Thanks. in Nashville last week for the Americana Fest. Yeah. But we were we were fortunate. We had Bruce sit down and join us last yeah, week. Yeah, that was very cool. Thank you, Bruce. Talk, talked about the death of NFTs. <laughs> yeah. But what 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 a bubble burst that was. It's a um before we get into this week's discussion. Just a quick shout out and thank you, of course, to Bruce and everybody at HypeBot and Bands in Town for all your support. And, of course, to our sponsors, Banzoogle.com. Banzoogle makes it so easy to build a stunning website and EPK for your music in just minutes. All the features you need are already built in, including dozens of fully customizable templates, tools to sell music, merch, and tickets commission-free, mailing list tools to grow your fan list and send newsletters, integrations with Bandcamp, SoundCloud, YouTube, Bands in Town, and more, so you can easily add content from your other online profiles. And, of course, their live tech support from their musician-friendly team seven days a week. Mm-hmm. Plans at bandzoogle.com start at just $8.29 a month, and that includes hosting and your own free custom domain name. Music Biz Weekly podcast listeners, head over to bandzoogle.com. Sign up, try it for free for 30 days, and when you register, make sure you use the promo code MUSICBIZWEEKLY, all one word, and you will save 15% off the first year of any subscription. That's bandzoogle.com, promo code MUSICBIZWEEKLY. And of course, thank you to discmakers.com. As we all know, vinyl has been mostly a label product up to now mainly because of high prices to produce, the lead times to get it produced. Um, It's kept many independent artists largely on the sideline, yet artists want vinyl, and we know because it's a huge collectible item. Fans love buying it. But not many artists end up moving forward. Why? Again, because of price and the turnaround times. Most artists don't know how many records they'll sell, so they want to start with the smallest quantity possible to test the waters. In the past... Up to 100 records at Disc Makers would cost you $1,990 to press. And that's a lot of money for an independent artist. And it compares quite unfavorably to the cost of making 100 CDs, which you can get 100 CDs at Disc Makers for like 149 bucks. So Disc Makers has decided to rip the Band-Aid off, and they've relaunched their entry-level vinyl program with an offer of 100 vinyl records for just $1,299. They are truly democratizing the vinyl market for DIY artists. 
and they believe they are the only company that can execute and scale this. So head over to discmakers.com, place your order, get 100 vinyl albums for $1,299. So, Jay, this week we're going to talk about, uh, let me bring it up here. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. A little a, re- a, re- a recent article you uh, you were involved in that was just posted on HypeBot. Yeah, written by our friend Randall Foster over at yep. Symphonic. Um, just an, an amazing piece. He had floated this by me uh, a few weeks ago, and um, I said, you know, you should you should have this published. This is really important stuff. And then um, he was hosting a panel at Americana Fest uh, last week in Nashville um, about you know growing your audience and a lot of the things that he talks about here. Unfortunately, at the last minute, he couldn't make it but michael burrows from symphonic uh filled in beautifully and we had an amazing panel uh discussion there at americana fest and it and it spoke to a lot of the things that he has in this article yeah the 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 article um is called the truth behind why you aren't getting more streams we'll put the link to this in the show notes um and you know it hits on a lot of stuff you and i have talked about over yeah. and over again you know, it starts off just because your music isn't getting attention does not mean it doesn't deserve it. Um, low streaming numbers do not mean you have a music problem. And I mean, basically, my takeaway from this is, first of all, stop living for numbers. Stop just worrying about getting numbers like oh my stream numbers all that matters my stream numbers all that matters why isn't anybody streaming it music must be bad something is failing that's not it i mean yeah people at the end of the day you and i know this if you aren't getting streaming numbers it's just because people don't know know about you or know about your music that's pretty much why it's why it's happening the I, I I think a lot of people still think if I get my music on Spotify, people will find me, even though they've never heard of you, they've never listened to you, they don't follow yeah. you. That that Spotify is going to find you your audience. Yeah. And you know, this this goes back to I remember, you know, when when Kickstarter first started, bands would be like, Well, if I start on Kickstarter, will Kickstarter find the fans for me to pledge? No, that's not Kickstarter's no. job. Is not their job is not to find the fans to pledge. Spotify's job is not to find new fans to listen to your music. Right, right. You know what it comes down to is there's there's really only two reasons why someone's not playing your music. Either A, they've never heard of you, or B, they've heard of you and they didn't know you had something new out. And you need to nurture and grow that audience and and we get into it in this article a little bit but you know we always say that a playlist is not a marketing plan streaming is part of the equation you know there's lots of other ways that you grow your audience and and make revenue but unfortunately there are some people who judge you on your social footprint and on your streaming numbers for example booking agents or if you're trying to get into a festival that you want to play some lazy people, even on the A&R side, they will look at those numbers. But the smart people are looking into the quality of the music and the performance. And also, is there a line around the block to see you play? 
But I wish they would take that number off of Spotify and kind of go with what Apple's done for years, which is sort of a progress bar that shows you the most popular tracks on an album. I think when you have an actual stream count on a song like that, it, it makes people compete and want to game the system. Yeah. And, and, you know, I, I will, I will say that somebody as somebody who did work booking a venue, I would go look at numbers, but I would go look at numbers to just give me an idea. Is there an, even an audience behind this artist? Yeah. Um, Cause sometimes you'll, you'll get artists where there's just zero zero audience, zero numbers. And that's a concern, especially if you're going to try and sell tickets to a show, mm -hmm. you realize they've got nobody to talk to. Yeah. But saying all of that, yeah. And you talk about gaming the system. And we've talked about this many times. Don't go out there and buy fake numbers because at the same time, you and I can sit down and, you know, with some pretty good confidence, look at numbers and go, it's faked. That's mm -hmm. faked. Yeah. Okay. You've got... You've got, you know, 12 songs here on Spotify. One of them has got 10 million streams and the other 11 have 10 streams. It doesn't jive. You know, if that one song wasn't picked up by like the Super Bowl to warrant that, you would sit here and go, okay, there should be some more streams to these other songs. Yeah, not yeah. just one song, not just one album. And this actually applies to like YouTube videos and everything else. I mean, you can go yeah. in and look at somebody's YouTube channel and go, why they've got 100 videos on here. One video has 5 million plays and the rest of them have 75 plays and there's no comments going here. This doesn't feel right. Yeah, well, you just hit it, it on the head. Work. It's those comments. Like, is there engagement? And I would rather have a video that's streamed a few thousand times and has crazy engagement. You know, lots of dialogue, lots of people commenting, lots of people sharing it, talking about it. But we've all seen those videos that have been boosted, uh, you know, using bots or spin farms or whatever, because they may have lots of views, but there's zero engagement. And, you know, I use that platform uh, Vibrate to look at data. And one of the reasons I do that is they have a graph that shows your audience growth. And when you see, let's say, a spike in your audience growth, you should also see a spike next to it in engagement. And when yeah. people are gaming the system, you'll see typically it's like a two week spike and then it drops down to where it was just out of nowhere, two weeks. And it's almost the exact number uh, that you get every day. So you can tell it. And then you look at the engagement and there's no increase in the engagement in that two week because it's not real. So you're absolutely right. The, you never want to buy any kind of streams, likes, follows, any of that sort of stuff. Well, and, because at and, the end, it doesn't help. I, I would add, don't buy comments. Uh, you know, there are services out there that will sell you commenting on a YouTube video. I, I encountered an artist that did legitimate promotion of their video, but then somebody got involved and, and got a bot farm to comment. And you might sit here and go, oh, okay, there's a bunch of comments now, so it looks real. No, take five minutes and look at the comments. Not a single comment was actually specifically pertaining to that video. These comments could be picked up and placed on any video anywhere on YouTube. So generic. Yeah. And they all came 
within a matter of hours. No yeah. comments, no comments. Boom, ton of comments, no comments again. Yeah. So I, I guess, you know, what, what we're saying here is people in the industry, without even having access to metrics and charts in your back end, can look at stuff and go, this smells fishy. Yeah, this it, is yeah. shady. And it can hurt so, you because people who it, are smart it will. will know when you're gaming the system. What I love about Randall's piece here is he talks about how, you know, most of music consumption is catalog. And he, and he points out, you know, it's like 75%. He points out that that means that most people are using streaming services sort of to listen to what they're already comfortable with and what they already know. Is there discovery? Sure. But it's a modest amount. And, you know, people are not really spending a lot of time leaning forward, looking for a lot of new music. Could they find it on playlists and things like that? Sure, they can. But the focus really needs to be in other areas of if you're a new developing artist that, you know, you you approach it like a business and you try to grow your audience. And there are ways to to do that, to grow your audience. And, you know, we can talk about some of those things, but I've seen some of these artists like, you know, you mentioned I just got back from Americana Fest. One thing I noticed in Nashville is there's a ton of collaboration um, and it's sort of taking a page out of the urban hip hop book where if you make it to a certain level, you help bring somebody else up and you collaborate and have a featured artist and those types of things. And that's a really we call it base swapping, you know, where you open for somebody else or you collaborate on their recording or you co-write. It's it's not living in a vacuum. You know, you need to do these sort of collaborations to help grow your audience. Yeah. I, I, I always refer to it when I talk to clients is like, Hey, you can ride on the coattails of somebody else. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. You know, you can ride on their coattails and somewhere down the road, maybe you let somebody ride on your coattails. It's working yeah. together. It's sharing, it's sharing audiences, but all of this comes back to what we've said over and over and over so many times is you have to go find your audience. So you have some fans to talk to. Yeah. You put a new track up on Spotify and you have no followers, real followers. Again, we're talking real followers on any social media. No, nobody on an email list, nothing. And you say, I've got a new album. Who's hearing it? Who are you talking to? That's why nobody's going to hit the, the, the play button on Spotify because nobody's hearing you talk about this. Yeah, and again, just putting it on Spotify doesn't mean you're going to just start getting plays. It's just, yeah. that's not how it works. It's not, it's not the, it's not their primary role as a streaming service to find you your audience yeah i would say it's the opposite right randall points out he goes if your streaming numbers are not growing i'd ask myself some very hard questions you know who's listening to me and why are they listening to me where are they at and how am i engaging with the fan and i think this is a really uh, important part you know he says am i interacting with the fans you know am i filling their cup or taking something from it and I think that's the, the part that a, a lot of folks sort of miss from the beginning is what is the narrative? And you and I talk about this often. Why should anybody care? So what is the narrative about you as an artist? 
what's your story? People love stories. They love narratives. Yep. It draws them in. You know, maybe who are you like? Who are your influences? That sort of thing. On to like, what is the narrative for each song and then each EP or album? Is it aspirational? Is it that thing that you've always wanted to, to do? Did you overcome adversity? You know, all of those things are very compelling in telling your story. Yeah, a hundred, a hundred percent. I mean, you've, you've, you added some some um, items at the end of this action items. Um, you know, one of yours is create a mini campaign surrounding each track you release. And this is one of the things that I I have conversations with clients about. It's like you know, you've got to come up with a story for everything you do. Yeah, it's not just one story for the entire album, and that's it for the next three months. When you release a single, what's the what's the story of the single versus the overall album story? And then when single two comes down, are you ready for a completely new story? Because you can't retell that first story a second time. Nobody wants to talk to you and hear the same story again. Right, right. And Randall points out that that's the weakest call to action in the history of music marketing is when, you know, you say something like, you know, my song is out, go stream it on Spotify. It's like, no, you need to have a compelling narrative. And one of the things, you know, when I had sent some ideas over to Randall after reading his uh, draft, which was perfect, and he included those, which is great. Um, one of them was, you know, you have to start with great music. And I use that quote from Jonathan Daniel that I use all the time. He said, give me a great song and my job is easy. Give me a good song and my job is impossible. And there's so much good music out there. You need to be great. And the last thing I'll say on it, which is really true, is that before when you would tour in a band you know you you just have to win over your home crowd and then maybe your state your region whatever but today when you release music on a dsp or even on youtube now you're up alongside of you know the chain smokers and drake and katie perry and billy eilish man if your visuals aren't you know buttoned up if your sound isn't quite buttoned up it's not gonna sound good next to some of these other things so having great music i know it sounds pedantic but seriously having the best possible music that you can record and release and then make sure all that uh, you know all the visuals surrounding it are buttoned up because you're going to be judged you're going to be placed alongside of some of the best artists on the planet if if and i say this all the time if nobody hears your music is it great music it could be the great, honestly, it could be the greatest song in the world. It could be the greatest song you've ever recorded. But if nobody hears it, is it really great? Yeah, that's a good point. And it's so hard to rise above the clutter, um, you know, without getting too far down the rabbit hole. You hear these things, you know, in the news. Oh, there's 100,000 tracks on average uploaded every day. Well, yes and no. If you just look at DSPs like Spotify, that number 60,000. If you look at, if you include SoundCloud and YouTube, it's double that. It's 120,000. And those numbers are growing. So the bottom line is, why should anybody care? And how do you rise above the clutter? And I always tell people, you need to find your tribe, no matter what kind of music you play, whether it's Americana, whether it's heavy metal, whether it's jazz, there's an audience out there for your music. So you need to find your tribe. Yeah, the the audience 
is not going to find you for the most part. A small percentage of music fans live to go seek out music. They will find it. But that's not a big enough group that's going to make a difference in your career. Your job is to go find where you think your new fans are. Yeah. Become part of that group, introduce yourself, engage with them. And then it's really important to remember just because they come back and like your page, follow you on Instagram, subscribe on YouTube, that doesn't mean they're a fan. That just means they've got enough interest in what you're about to kind of start going along for the ride. Now your job is to engage with them, create great content, and move them from the base. That's that base of that fan pyramid. Hitting that like button is like the very bottom of the base. That's not, it's a lot of people, but they don't do much. How many times you gotta, have you clicked you, on something? You got to move just, them up yeah. that chain. And again, I think too many people assume, I mean, I go back to a laugh. Years ago, Sebastian Bach was online screaming. It's like, I've got 800,000 people who like me on Facebook. How come I'm not selling 800,000 albums? <laughs> because 800,000 people who like you on Facebook are not your fans. Yeah. They maybe they just like you because they love your blonde hair. Maybe they just think you're cute. They could care less about your music. I mean, there's we all know that there's multiple reasons we'll click a like button or a follow button. It doesn't mean we've bought into that artist, that brand, that company, that product. That's exactly right. And I think the toughest part for some artists to recognize is when you're on one of those talent shows, whether it's you know American Idol or The Voice or America's Got Talent, whatever it is, these sort of competition talent shows, we've seen artists get millions of likes and follows while they're on the show. But if you don't do something to grab and engage that audience and start that dialogue and that communication with them and give them a sense of ownership, what happens is, and we've seen this over and over, when you're off the show, you still have that million followers or whatever, but they are zero engaged. They have zero and, interest in, in yeah, you and it's point. really yeah. hard for some of these artists. They don't get it, just like you were talking about Sebastian Bach. Like, I have all these followers. Why can't I sell out these shows? Why am I not selling merch? Why are my streaming numbers low? Because you didn't take the time to engage with that audience to, to, to move that again, to move that audience up the pyramid to ultimate. I mean, the ad ultimate goal is the top of the pyramid. That's the most diehard fan who will, you know, going, going, going back to what you were talking about earlier, where Randall said the, 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 the worst marketing is just to say, Hey, I've got a new album. Click here <laughs> yeah. to listen to it. Yeah. Your fans, your real fans know that. They know, they know you've released something. They know where to go listen. They don't need to be told that. So that's a wasted message to your most diehard fans and your casual fans. That's not what they're interested in right now. They're, they didn't come on board to immediately be sold music tickets and merchandise. Not at all. They got on this ride because they hope to learn more and get to know you, the artist, better. Right. And when they 
when something happens that they make that connection because of something you posted, said, or did, that's sort of like, ding, ding, they've moved up the next rung of that ladder. Yeah. And the more they move up, there's four or five levels there. The yeah, more yeah. they move up, the more you can count on them engaging back and doing stuff for you yeah. and with you. Yeah. But again, it's a great, it, 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 it's, it, it's a great disservice to sit here and go, my only job is to get you to like my page. Once you've liked my page, you're now my fan. That's yeah. not it. That's not and, it. And how many websites have you and I gone to where it's buy my album, see my show, buy my album, see my show, or it's just, you know, uh, bands in town links to shows that are 90% of them are outside of my market in my area that I wouldn't be going to anyway. You know, they're not even targeted. The best thing you can do, especially on social media, because I'm not going to bash social media because I still see it working in some instances where it, you back away from the buy my album, see my show stuff. And you, you ask questions, you engage when you're coming into a market. Hey, what, what song should I play? Or, Hey, I'm, you know, I see this on TikTok a lot where people say, Hey, I'm writing this song. Here's, here's the verse and the chorus. What do you think of this? Or, you know, they really get people engaged and involved and they have a sense of ownership. And all of my favorite artists are like that, where I feel like I'm part of the team. Yeah. You, you want, you know, as a fan, you want something going on every day. And that can't be buy, buy, buy. It's got to be check out this cool photo. Check out this from Soundcheck. Check out this from Backstage. Check out this in the studio. Check out what I did on vacation this weekend. You know, that's what you've got to be thinking about. It's it's not about, again, stop, stop living and thinking the ultimate goal here is that number that's yeah. all that matters is the number yeah. so uh, yeah you know if people aren't listening to your streams it's it's probably not because the music is bad as we've talked about it's probably because they don't know it's there yeah. they don't Have know you you've released it or they've or they've never heard of you before yeah find your tribe find um, your tribe yeah it's out there. I really believe there's a lid for every pot. You know what I mean? It's hundred uh, percent. There is there's, there's yeah. an audience out there, no matter how uh, out there, no matter what genre, what mood you, you know, got to look got. it. You got to You're going to have to do some work. And that's that nasty four letter word work yeah. to go find them. Yeah. Nobody's going to bring them to you and just offer up to you 10,000 fans that are perfect for you. Never happens that way. Yep. Um, all right, Jay. Good article. Like I said, uh, everybody can read this. We put the link in the show notes here. Yeah. The Truth Behind Why You Aren't Getting More Streams by Randall Foster. It's on HypeBot.com. Um, Very cool. It, yeah, it, it it's just basics. We got to keep beating this over the head of everybody. It's the <laughs> basics. Don't, don't, don't play for the numbers. Don't play to game the system because it, yep. it will never work. It'll always backfire on you. Um, that's it. Once again, thank you to Bruce and everybody at HypeBot and Bands in Town for your support and to our sponsors, Bandzoogle.com and DiscMakers.com. Music Biz Weekly Podcast, we're out of here. See you next Industry week. Industry professionals listen to the Music Biz Weekly Podcast. If you have a product or service and would like to reach this audience, Get in touch with Michael or Jay to discuss sponsorship this opportunities. For Music Biz Weekly, provided by 
LarryDavisVoice.com and by JessicaMarsVoice.com. That's Mars with a Z.